The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. It's Thursday, the 31st of August here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, Swiss lender UBS posts record profits as its Credit Suisse takeover looks to be paying off. The Chinese mega developer Country Garden posts a record loss and warns of default. Plus, we take a closer look at the fallout from Europe's biggest tax scandal and why the investigation just keeps growing. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. UBS has reported record profits in the wake of its emergency takeover of Credit Suisse. The bank made a gain of just under $29 billion in the second quarter. CEO Sergio Amotti has told Bloomberg the size of the integration is unheard of. This is huge and allow us to really think about how can we now go to the next level. So now we are very focused on integration, on executing our current plans, but we can't forget that the competition and the market is evolving and we need, we need to stay very focused. And you can get that full interview with the CEO of UBS, Sergio Emotti, on the Bloomberg Talks podcast, all of our key conversations in one place. In terms of the numbers, after stripping out the acquisition costs and negative goodwill uh, from the Credit Suisse takeover, pre-tax profits for UBS were a more modest $1.1 billion. We've also had the news about job cuts coming from UBS, saying that they're going to cut an additional 2,000 Swiss jobs uh, over the next few years, and 1,000 job cuts will result from the Swiss unit integration as well. Turning to some other news, the Chinese developer Country Garden has warned that it may default on its debt and raised concerns about staying in business. The warning came as the property giant posted a record first-half loss of almost $7 billion. Shazad Kazim, Managing Director of China Beige Book, says investors should brace for more negative news. I think we get bad property news, more problems with developers, at least for the next couple of years. And we really still haven't found the floor in property prices either. Uh, So I think investors should brace for more bad news ahead over here. The deepening real estate slump in China mentioned there by Shahzad Kazim was among a host of negative factors that helped to push down the country's latest economic survey data. China services PMI dipped to 51 in August, while the reading above 50 indicated a slight expansion in the sector. A hedge fund founded by two former Citadel traders saw its portfolio drop by a quarter this year. Fifth Delta was the biggest startup of its kind in 2021, but it has struggled since then to meet expectations. Data from Bloomberg shows that its peers are up by an average of over 6% this year. The year-long slump in the UK's private sector is set to continue for at least three months. That's according to new figures from the Confederation of British Industry. Bloomberg's Jack Ryan reports. 
This is the latest indicator of a gloomy outlook for the UK economy. Businesses surveyed by the CBI say they're cutting back on investment as they suffer from lower demand, cost pressures and higher debt repayments. The report shows manufacturing output falling at the sharpest rate in almost three years, while services continue to slide. The findings suggest that the trend is likely to continue in the coming months. But a separate survey from Lloyd's is more optimistic, with business confidence surging to an 18-month high in August. In London, I'm Jack Ryan, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. In the US, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell froze in public for the second time in as many months. The 81-year-old political veteran struggled to answer a reporter's question about his re-election plans. I'm sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. That's okay. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh, that's Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. The episode raises further health concerns for Mitch McConnell, who is a major fundraiser and force in the Republican Party. His spokesman said the senator felt momentarily lightheaded and paused during his press conference and planned to consult a doctor. Sources tell Bloomberg Apple is testing the use of 3D printers to produce the steel cases for some of its upcoming smartwatches. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pallet. It would herald a major change to how the company manufactures products. The technique would do away with the need to cut large slabs of metal into the product shape. Sources say that would reduce the time it takes to build devices while also helping the environment by using less material. The new approach has the potential to stream streamline Apple's supply chain and kick off a broader shift. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Europe. And finally, Elon Musk's social media network X is planning to gather more data from users than ever before. The network, formerly known as Twitter, says that it will collect biometric data, which can include account holders' retina pattern and thumbprint. X also updated its privacy policy to collect information on account holders' employment and education history. We often like to talk a little bit about lifestyle and what you spend your cash on. Do you, do you buy uh, expensive handbags, watches? coats I, I, the most expensive thing I think I carry around with myself is my wallet and that's something that I've had for about 10 years it says a lot about me probably well apparently now some of the big luxury houses are, you know that have been obviously trying to grapple with fakes for so long the trade in uh, fakes now they're using blockchain to try to prove the origin of their most kind of coveted items uh, and this was discovered by one of our own reporters Anna Herrera uh, she'd bought a handbag and when she pulled out one the little card inside it talked about how it was blockchain tracked I think this is really interesting because I feel as if the promise of blockchain has been touted so much and yet we're not seeing that many real world applications Mm. of it and this is okay granted not exactly mass market but (laughs) it is an indication of how you can use something like the blockchain to uh, validate the uh, authenticity of something that is so rare and treasured by many I'm sure (laughs) Uh, perhaps it might be a little bit longer before we see it uh, in greater use in other parts of the world I mean there's a lot of talk about how regulation has made it quite difficult to implement blockchain in the finance industry for example Uh, but a good example of of a real world application of the blockchain Yeah it was a Miu Miu handbag apparently from Prada and they're using Aura blockchain so if you wanted the details on it anyway there's more on that story on the Bloomberg Terminal 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Well, let's bring you more now on our top story in the news that UBS posting its biggest ever quarterly profit for a bank in the second quarter. The CEO of UBS, Sergio Armati, has been speaking to Bloomberg's editor-at-large, Francine Lacqua. Almost three months since the deal to acquire Credit Suisse was unveiled, Armati says that combining the firms will lead to job losses across their global workforce. Uh, well, of course, in our industry, it's very difficult to, to uh, do restructuring, the deep restructuring necessary at Credit Suisse and extract the synergies uh, without going through uh, uh, people and account. Having said that, there is a big element of the, of the cost that is, that is driven by real estate planning, by rationalizing legal entities, and, uh, and by uh, IT platforms uh, shutdowns. On the account front, First of all, we are counting a lot on natural attrition, uh, um, on on, um, uh, retirements and internal mobility and shifting also our permanent to uh, external headcount ratio. Having said that, uh, uh, of course, uh, we're going to have to take some proactive actions in in redundancies uh, uh, in in the years to come. Mainly in Switzerland? No, I think this is something that will affect, of course, our entire workforce. As much as, you know, in Switzerland, uh, we expect uh, from a, um, a proactive standpoint of view, uh, we will have around uh, 3,000 jobs that will be uh, made redundant uh, over the next uh, years. Uh, 1,000 are in relation to our decision to integrate the Swiss bank. If we would have chosen to spin off the Swiss bank, we would have had to reduce it by 600. So the delta is 400 people. Then we have another 2,000 people that needs to be, um, um, uh, that will go through a redundancy uh, um, because of the need of, of the restructuring. Now, it's good and it's, we are lucky that we have a very healthy uh, labor market in Switzerland, uh, you know, according to the uh, the Swiss Asso- the Association of the Employers in, in the banking industry, there are more than 6,000 jobs, uh, open open jobs in Switzerland. It's not one for one, the yeah. profile, but it's a healthy market. And uh, and so we are also helping our, our the people affected with financial mm-hmm. uh, retraining, reskilling, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so we try to mitigate uh, this issue, but of course it's the painful part of the job is to go through this, uh, this uh, exercise. So overall 35,000 jobs, is it too soon to say what your final headcount will look like in two years? 
We, we, will, we, we are not talking about it counts. So other than this specific Swiss situation, because of course the size of the country, the relevance of the both organization to the country, we want to be specific about giving clarity on this issue. But broadly speaking, you will see as uh, the quarter goes by how the workforce is changing. What I can tell you is that uh, since the beginning of the year at Credit Suisse, we already had uh, 8,000 uh, uh, reduction in workforce between internal and external. This is a consequence of, uh, of the cost uh, measures that Credit Suisse has initiated itself, recognizing the need of a restructuring, and we have been accelerating that in the second quarter. That was the CEO of UBS, Sergio Armati, speaking to Bloomberg's editor-at-large, Francine Lacqua. And uh, Francine joins us now to discuss the interview with the man of the moment, Sergio Armati. Um, good morning, Francine. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us on Bloomberg Radio. Just listening to that interview, good morning. Armati seems really quite uh, confident about the combination. It's been well-received by investors as share prices up today. Having said that, talk of job cuts on the way. Yes, and we always knew that, uh, good morning to both of you, that a lot of job cuts were, were coming. Um, he was very careful, and I think this is out of respect to employees that must be feeling very uncertain about their future. Again, this was a shock to many that this Credit Suisse huge bank got taken over. So he did talk for the first time about job cuts, but he really kept it very specific to the Swiss bank. Again, this is a political hot potato in a country that will also go to the polls in two, three months. So I think he wanted to put that to bed and make sure that everyone knew where they were standing. When you look at the profit, it's a huge number. It reported a $29 billion profit, but again, the boost came primarily from this accounting concept item called Goodwill. So I don't know if it's you know a huge, um, wonderful profit. Certainly the share price is up 5% because this was probably a good deal. And we've been speaking to a lot of investors. They say, look, they bought Credit Suisse. They're going to integrate it. As long as they execute and do the execution well, this is a positive because they didn't overpay for it. And at the end of the day, what we were worried about back then, remember it was only five months ago that this combination or takeover happened, was that they would find something very ugly in the Credit Suisse Investment Bank unit, which they haven't. And so, so they seem to be in a good, you know, a good place, um, making good pace, but then it's all about the execution and you could always see surprises down the line. Yeah, and on that that point, Francine, what is the biggest complexity facing UBS now as they try to continue that integration? I mean, there's huge complexity. First of all, the global wealth management net new money is $16.2 billion. That's great. Can they continue? Uh, we also spoke with Sergio Ramadi about how much time does he spend on focusing on the integration, but also the future of the bank. Remember, he's basically building a plane, which is this mega bank, whilst at the same time trying to keep UBS on the road and you know trying to keep clients happy. So this is complex. Um, he did say twice in our interview that, look, this is a competitive market landscape, but it's really not the concern about risky businesses. It's more about the complexity of it. So they just have to make it right in terms of what they sell off, how they do that, so they go to the market in the right way. So it's not like they're, they're left with some kind of bombshell that they don't know what to do with. I think the complexity is making sure that they get everything right, that it fits without culture clashes or people wanting to leave. 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, obviously, Sergio Amotti, having been the CEO, uh, you know, formally, um, is also extremely knowledgeable about uh, the UBS business. Um, so how do you think success is going to be measured going forwards? Well, this is probably the billion-dollar question. A lot of it, Caroline, will be on execution. Remember, what he's trying to do is saying, look, this is what we've done at UBS. It was a model that worked. So we're going to replicate that for Credit Suisse to also at the same time integrating it. We've covered many, many banking M&A huge deals. And at the end of the day, it's culture. If you don't change the culture of the company that you've bought or if there's a, a, you know, a massive shift in that, that's when it becomes really difficult. Everybody so far has said that they've seen some formidable momentum when it comes to winning back client money. Does that continue? Um, also, you know, how big are the losses that UBS expects from the wind down of some of the non-strategic assets? For the moment, everything could, you know, seems okay, but it could turn. And how fast can it make the synergies from integrating Credit Suisse? So I think timeline is important. I think how he measures success is where he'll probably be in January and February. At the moment, central bank action also makes it easier for banks to make money. But if there's a sudden downturn, if there's a recession, we don't 100% know what this, you know, large Uber bank, how they'll deal with those kinds of you know, tests or stresses. It was big news, Francine, when Sergio Ramati came back to, to lead this bank through this takeover. What was your gauge of how he is feeling his mood now uh, this far in? Well, he was a very respected chief executive. There's one person that has both the confidence of politicians because he's Swiss, Swiss, but also understands UBS deeply. It was probably him. I think he likes the challenge. We've spoken a couple of times, um, you know, since this happened, and then again today. He's one that doesn't shy away from something difficult. He did uh, highlight many times the strong brand of the client relationship that he's had. It was also the first time that he was a bit punchy, and, and I thought that was interesting just in his state of mind and saying, look, you know, the question that they have now, because the share price is up 5%, because they have this $29 billion negative goodwill, is, well, was it a fair deal for the 81s that lost everything? Should they have had actually a, a better deal? Because if mm. you were a bondholder at the time and you were an 81, you were completely wiped out. Yeah. And that he really pushed back against and saying, look, this was not only a liquidity problem. You know, Credit Suisse had concerns on how it was managed. And I thought that was yes. quite punchy. It was the first time I heard him say it. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.